with my tears. From darkness far away I cry for you to bring me near. My heart is overwhelmed, my spirit is cast down, but the shelter of your wings, my Lord, leads me through this troubled ground. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Your shelter sets me free from grips of sin and shame. Beneath your wings I soar, lifted high by Jesus' name. My strength is in your power, my might is not my own. It's the shelter of your wings that will carry me toward home. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Your mercy and your truth let through the trouble with justice in the shelter of your wings. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Today is Mother's Day, and because of that, we like to take a little bit of time and remember the things of, that our mothers have taught us and kind of just how they've helped us throughout time. And one thing that I want us to focus on is the comfort that our mothers have given us. Now, I know that mothers aren't the only one who can give comfort, but let's face it. From the time we were really, really, really little and, you know, maybe first bumped our, our elbow on something or scraped our knee or got our first boo-boo as it is, you know, we went to our mother for that comfort because mothers just tend to be really good at providing that comfort. Now, the reason why I would say that mothers are so good at providing that comfort is because both men and women are made in the image of God and God has given us part of what he himself has. So the reason why we see comfort within mothers is because our God is a God who can comfort us. That's why we see passages like this. 
in Matthew chapter 23. Now, this is Jesus who is speaking. And yes, I understand that both whenever we look at Jesus, he was a man. I get that. So he's not exactly a mother. We also look at God. We call him God, our father. And yes, he's not exactly our mother either. But yet keep in mind, our God is a spirit. He's not exactly a, a man or a woman. He is God. He's different than us. And because of that, we see qualities that are oftentimes attributed to men uh, connected with our God. But then we also see qualities that are oftentimes connected with women and they're connected with our God. Once again, I believe it's because we are made in the image of God. And in Matthew chapter 23, this is something that Jesus says. Keep in mind that Jesus is God in the flesh and he is conveying some of the things that he has felt for so long and he's saddened. He's actually just, uh, I guess you might even say he's not just sad, but he's also uh, you know, upset at them. And he's just pronounced all these different woes uh, on Jerusalem because he's just looking around him and he's just upset at what he sees. He's saddened by what he has seen in Jerusalem. These people are supposed to be the people of God, but this is what Jesus says. Matthew 23, verses 37 and 39. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now Jesus made these statements as he looked around at Jerusalem, and he just said he wanted to comfort them. He longed to to gather his children, to comfort them just like a hen would gather her chicks under her wings. But they wouldn't have it. And sadly, we, what we oftentimes see is this rejection being connected with Jesus. But we see that what he desperately wants all along is to comfort them. In fact, he says they're not going to receive that comfort until they can say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this actually goes back even into the Old Testament. So like I said, this is Jesus making these statements here about 2,000 years ago. But the statements that he's making, it goes back. And we see that God in the Old Testament spoke of the same types of things. Take a look at this with me. Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, verses 21 through 26, this is uh, the psalmist is, is praising God. But listen to what he says. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice together. I'm sorry. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. We see that all the way back here in Psalm 118, the psalmist recognizes that God is my salvation. God is that comfort. But we also find out you know, that he's, he's connected being this cornerstone in verse 22. But we see that he's the cornerstone that was rejected. Once again, rejection and suffering is connected with the way of Jesus Christ. But he oftentimes is just wanting to offer this comfort to his people. And we see that within this psalm, this phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I hope that we can be the people who will, who will learn to live in this comfort. Learn to live under the shelter of the wings of Jesus, under the shelter of the wings of our God. And that we can receive that type of comfort. 
that we can recognize that he is our salvation. He is our cornerstone. And that we can also say with the psalmist and with Jesus himself, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's only whenever we come to that point that we start to receive these great blessings from God, that we can receive this great comfort from God. Uh, th there's more about comfort in the Bible, though. There's a whole lot more. Uh, let's, let's now look at, at what uh, Jesus has done. Another one of the gospel accounts in John chapter 1 Speaking about Jesus Christ himself being this true light, John 1 verses 9 through 13, look at the comfort that our God wants to give us, has wanted to give us all along. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You see what happens here with Jesus. Jesus is this true light. He came into the world. He was the one who created the world, but he came into the world and he came to his own people. Verse 11. But his own people rejected him. They didn't receive him. But then those who did receive him, those who did take shelter underneath his wings, in verse 12, it says that he, be, he gave them the right to become children of God. This is what we can be. This is what we can become. Because this is part of the plan of God. This is what God has wanted from the beginning. And whenever we become children of God, that means that we will come underneath the wings of Jesus. That we will allow him to be there for us. That we will allow him to comfort us. And that's why we read these words uh, from Paul here. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Here in this passage, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we see this is actually just as, as Paul is starting um, his, his uh, book right here. And he's going to speak a lot about comfort. But notice that this comfort is oftentimes connected with troubles. It's connected with sorrow. Um, that makes sense, though, because really even Jesus himself, he was rejected, even though all the while what Jesus was offering was this comfort. But notice what Paul says here. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three through seven. Praise be to the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we, sh we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. You notice this connection. We see that, uh, that without a doubt, sufferings have become a part of this world. Okay, all the way from the very beginning, at least almost the very beginning. Since mankind has, has welcomed sin into the world and, and the effects of sin, uh, we've seen suffering time and time again. Throughout every single generation, there's always been some type of trouble, some type of suffering that different generations have had to endure. We've seen quite uh, a lot, you know, as well, even in our own times. But yet, what comes along with that suffering, what comes along with all of those times of trouble, is times of comfort. 
Our God is the one who is the God of all comfort, as verse 3 says. And you notice this, this connection here. We knew whenever we signed up for being a Christian, so to speak, that, that it was going to come with, with sufferings. I mean, Jesus himself said, you know, look, my way is the way of the cross. You've got to follow me in order to become a disciple of me. That is the way of Christ. And it includes suffering. It includes trouble. But it includes comfort. It includes comfort like you can't even imagine being on the outside of that. But whenever you are a part of the family of God, you recognize this comfort. You recognize that that we can have a comfort that the rest of the world just simply doesn't have because they're not in that family relationship with God. Verse 4, it tells us the reason as to why he comforts us whenever we are going through these troubles. It's so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. See, it's actually kind of a little bit of a selfish thing if all that we do is just receive these, these blessings, receive these comforts from God. No, we ourselves are called to share those things. And I think that's a lesson that we can learn from the comfort that our mothers have given to us throughout the years. You know, that comfort that they have shown for us we need to learn that, you know, that comfort originally, it, it was given to them and, and comes through them uh, by the way of, of God. God is the one who has shown them what comfort is about so that they can comfort other people. So, so what about you? What, what about me? Are we going to also allow this comfort to continue on and allow that, yes, we know sufferings are going to happen. Yes, we know trouble are going to come. But will comfort also come? It's most certainly the way of, of Christ. It's the way that God has set things up. He has allowed us to receive this comfort, and he asks that we comfort those other people who are in trouble so that we can just teach them and, and show them a glimpse of the great blessings that God has given us. You know, perhaps that might be exactly what someone needs in order to become a follower of Christ, is to know just a, a little glimpse of that comfort, to see within you or to see within me what God has given us. Because we are called to reflect the image of our God. And part of that image of our God is one of comfort. How, how good of a job are we doing at this? You know, what about in the, in the present situation? You know, have we been able to be a source of comfort in the world? You know, we as the church collectively, are we able to provide that comfort to those people around us? Paul is talking about how, you know, sometimes he is in discomfort, but then, you know, there's also this, this connection with comfort. He sometimes had, uh, had to suffer for the cause of Christ. But he says that all the times while he has that suffering as part of it, there's also that comfort because God is the one who gives these things. God's not really the one who gives us the suffering, but he allows us to endure it. He allows us to endure it so much and to be able to share that comfort with each other. Uh, Paul continues on, though. In verses 8 through 11, he says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on your behalf for the gracious favor granted us 
in answer to the prayers of many. Paul is one who knew a, a lot about suffering. He had to endure a lot in his following of Christ. But he also recognizes that, you know, sometimes things get really, really bad, like what they do right here. I mean, he says, you know, look, I want you to know about these, these problems that we experienced in this province of Asia. And he felt like he was going to die. I mean, he felt like he had received those things. But what he said about that, you know, whenever you feel like there's just, how are you going to continue on? You know, how can you even endure another day? Verse nine, he says, that's what it felt like. It felt like we had received the sentence of death, but that's not the end. He says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Can we learn this lesson? Can we learn to rely upon God? You know, oftentimes you, you maybe have even uh, noticed in my prayers whenever I pray about the, the situation that has happened, you know, all across the world, that it's not always just about people being healed of different sicknesses that they might be going through. But it's rather that we can learn to rely upon God uh, no matter if we go through a sickness or if we go through really, really difficult times. Whatever the case, can we learn to rely upon God? Now, one of the big reasons why it only makes sense to rely upon God is what Paul goes on. And he says, this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He says, it felt like we received a death sentence, but guess what? We serve a God who raises the dead. So why is that a problem? Verse 10, he says, he's delivered us from these things and he will continue to deliver us. Sometimes that deliverance might look different than what we might think. But ultimately, we know that we're going to be delivered. We are going to be delivered and be able to be in the presence of our God. Think about the comfort that that should be able to give each and every one of us. Our God is a big God. Our God is an amazing God. And our God, he wants simply for us to take shelter underneath his wings. He wants to provide that comfort for us. Are we willing to, to come underneath the wings of God? Are we willing to recognize his great power and the great comfort that he gives us and how he can deliver us from anything that we could possibly endure, anything that we can imagine? Our God is bigger than those things and our God will help us. He will comfort us. So as we think about the, the ways that we see those in other people, you know, as we see comfort from our own mothers, let's make sure that we learn to, to pass those things on to future people so that they will be able to experience this comfort that God gives and we can share the comfort that God has given us. Let's make sure that we share these blessings with the people around us so that they can be pointed to our amazing God who wants to comfort us in the shelter of his wings. Do you know, little child, what is in you? Can you dream, little child, of going
child of God who makes you strong. You were made in the image, in the image of God. Just a little bit below the angels. And the masterpiece of heaven's hand is your body and your soul. You were made in the image, you were made in the You were made in the image, you were made in the image. 